Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Saturday down south and Saturday football uncensored. Chris, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Not much, man. I'm excited. We're we're one day away, so it's like like the real stuff kicks in tomorrow. I'm fired up. Should be fun. Yeah, man. I feel like we haven't spoken in a while. We got a lot to catch up on, Chris. Uh, first things first. You know, I, I'm so excited for kickoff, and you know it's close. When you know the off season for the most part, I mean, the, you know the, the the social media apps can get kind of kind of crazy, but mm-hmm. you know it's close when. Things that would not have riled people up a month ago, all of a sudden you're like, and it's not even something that's that big of a deal. You're like, why is everybody taking this? Like, you can tell, like the emotional, yeah, the the, the you know what I mean. The the, the blood is pumping now, so it, it feels good to see that man. It really does. I, you know, sure. Um, <laughs> I posted something about Brock Bowers that I thought was just a logical comment. That was honestly in response to somebody else's take on Bowers which was an egregious take from Desmond Howard and then and somehow Georgia fans, and maybe it's just Georgia fans. I don't know. It probably is because they're about as stable as Ikea furniture. So, um, but that entire exchange that I had that the other day of, of ugh, just, I'm excited for the season to start so we can talk about tangible things on the field. I will say that. Indeed. Chris, before we look at week one, though, let's look back at week zero because we did have an SEC team in action. The Vanderbilt Commodores took on mm-hmm. Hawaii and, Unfortunately, did not cover the 17 and a half, which I took and felt really confident about. But either yeah. way, no no harm, no foul. Clark Lee and his squad start 1-0. I'm not sure if there are more answers or more questions coming out of that one. The secondary, the offensive line, certainly right. leaving things to be desired against Hawaii. But either way, Vandy starts 1-0. Navy wins big. Southern Cal overcomes a slow start, pulls away. Uh what jumped out to you in week zero? I mean, I know against the uh, obviously the Vanderbilt game, the SEC action was mm-hmm. was notable, but did anything else outside of that jump out? And then your thoughts of Vandy in week zero? I mean, I went six and two in my picks, so I went I three and I mean, one. I went three and one. I had a solid weekend. Yeah, you know, so like, and that's that's all. And I missed the Vandy one as well. I missed USC first quarter. Um, biggest takeaways? I tell you what, that running clock is weird. I don't like that. If you go out of bounds. Feels like the clock should just stop, um, but that is—I mean—that's something we're gonna have to get used to. So I've been saying this all offseason. You're gonna see a natural drop off in points. Um, maybe you didn't see it as much when you talk about USC or, or Notre Dame, but like you're gonna see a natural drop off in points. I think for some of these offenses that aren't as high flying as what we saw with USC, uh, especially Notre Dame looked good. I thought Hartman had really good numbers. If you were watching the actual tape and you go back and look at some of the throws he had, he was he was late on a bunch of his throws, but I think they'll probably. 
iron all that, some of that stuff out. They don't really have to play anybody until the end of September when they get Ohio State. Um, but they're going to be good. Like, Notre Dame's going to be good. They're going to do what they always do, which is you know somehow challenge for uh, a 10-win season and somehow get to like a New Year's Six Bowl most likely. Um, other than that, like Vandy, the biggest concern is you're not you're not able to run the football against Hawaii. Uh, that's that's a concern. Like that's a massive concern. Um, but you know, like you got to win. It was cool that you had a little summer camp vibe going on in the in the corner of the end zone um, under the big tent. So that was nice to have some of the circus relationship they had going on over there. Uh, and other than that, I mean, it was like that was pretty much it. It was it was it was a very lackluster weekend in terms of games. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just excited to get to the actual good stuff this week. Well, let's move into that, Chris, because tomorrow night, just over 24 hours from now, Florida travels out to Salt Lake City to take on the Utah Utes. And, and Chris, what I've noticed in this game is a couple of weeks ago, it was like, hey, Florida's terrible. They're, mm-hmm. They've got the 14th best quarterback. You know, they're, they're 13th or 14th in the power rankings, like this, that, whatever. Over the last couple of days, I'm starting to sense a lot more optimism on the Florida side and you know, you've got folks going on record and picking the Florida Gators to not just cover, but win. You know, yeah. that spread's been sitting around seven and a half. I think now it's at six and a half. Mm-hmm. Florida's the underdog. The status of Cam rising, Utah's quarterback obviously plays in. Could Florida actually go on the road and make it back-to-back years beating Utah? I mean, if they did that, your thoughts on the game first off, but if they did that, right? how big would that be for Billy Napier kicking off year two, a coach that – so many have put on the hot seat yeah. at that point. So they could. They did it last year. This is kind of the similar thing they had last year. I, I, like the point spread, I believe, wasn't that crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Vegas, I always say this, Vegas always knows something. And that line was from 10 um, down to six and a half, like you said. I I wouldn't touch this game um, with a 10-foot pole just because I, I – like I don't – we don't know what we're going to have before. But you're right about the optimism part, too. It's like – I've noticed that them and Bama, for whatever reason, the last week, this whole pendulum of optimism has kind of swung in their favor. Um, I get why with Bama. I don't really get why with Florida, but that's good. I mean, like, you know, that's what you want for Billy Napier going to the year. Like, what it does for him, I don't don't think any of us know how much of a hot seat he's on. Because if they win six games this year, it's an incredible job. If they win six games next year, it might be an even more incredible job. But it might not also be up to the standards what they have because that schedule is so brutal. And what they have like coming in, it's going to take a minute for them to put Florida back where they were. Um, I think that when you talk about what it does for him as a resume standpoint, I uh, this is going to sound bad. I don't think it matters at all because we're prisoners of the moment in general. And, and college football has become, and it was first social media especially, is it's such a what have you done for me lately type situation a lot of us remember that Utah game from last year, but a lot of us also remember Florida going six and seven and getting blanked against Oregon state, you know, until like the last couple of like minutes of that game, they could beat Utah and it would be a huge win, but Utah is still probably going to go on and win eight, nine, 10 games. Florida probably isn't. And if Florida wins this game and then loses to Tennessee in a couple of weeks and they lose badly, then where are we then? If Florida beats Utah, what do you say their odds are of hitting the over five and a half and being bowl eligible? Let's see. They, see, they, they've got – I don't know who else is on their non-com besides Florida State. That's a loss, even though I think it's at home. Um, you would get, I mean, their odds would be better, but I don't – like, it just doesn't move – they're, they, they're a team that is going to lose a game they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't feel like they're necessarily a team that's going to win a game that they shouldn't like on the other side of that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think like last year they lost to Vandy. Can't happen. Like, I don't think they'll lose to Vandy again, but I didn't think they were going to lose to Vandy last year. So, you know, do they beat Kentucky on the road? Do they beat Tennessee at home? Like those are games that they have, like you could circle on the calendar over the last 20 years and be like, that's a dub. I mean, they're 16 and two in their last 18 games against uh, Tennessee. I caught some hot or, I got some grief last week for bringing up just a factual statement. You go back to 1972 for 51 years, Florida has beaten Tennessee every year, but twice like Tennessee's beaten Florida twice in Gainesville in the last 51 years. But I don't know if that's, you circle that and say, that's a dub. I mean, like, I don't, I don't think that's the case now just because of where the two programs are at. So, I mean, yeah, the odds will go up in their favor or go down in their favor, however you want to look at it. But I don't think, it's going to move the needle enough for them to like catch fire. Cause it comes in a part of the season two where it's like, all right, what does that do for us? Like from a, like a confidence standpoint. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. By the way, Chris, the other two non-conference games for Florida, McNeese and Charlotte. So I doubt they would have oh. much issue there. But to I'll your point, the FSU game being the other. Uh, let's continue talking to the action, Chris, from week one of SEC football game. We have Chris Marler, Saturday down south, Saturday football uncensored. Before we get into the two headliners, if you will, I, I want to talk Alabama specifically. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a team you're very familiar with. Uh, Nick Saban does not release a depth chart first time Ooh. in 17 years. And, of course, you know, everybody reacted rationally to that. Right. Uh, <laughs> but you go into this season opener against Middle Tennessee State, and I'm not sure a game with Alabama and a cupcake will ever be watched as closely as that one will be because of the quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. And fairly or unfairly, everyone wants to know, number one, who QB1 is. Number two, do they play all three guys? How much do they play? What right. do they do to figure out that situation ahead of the Texas game? So what are you expecting from Alabama in that football game? The latest you've heard on the quarterback position as well, from what I've heard, it sounds like Jalen Milrow yeah. will be QB1. But, I mean, what are you expecting? Would you expect all three to play? Do you feel like this is almost sort of like a 
dare I say, a tryout or, a, you know, guys trying to fight to win mm. the job? Like, your overall thoughts on Bama's season opener? Because they're going to win the game, but the underlying storylines are what make this so interesting. And so I think I think that no matter what, people are already have their minds made up because it's Alabama. And I, I'm just so excited for it. I'm just so excited for it. Because, because like, like here, here's the thing. If you looked at a roster, we do it with Georgia. I hear Aaron Murray. I love Aaron to death. But I hear Aaron Murray talk about all the time. They got to replace a coordinator. They got to start a new quarterback. Well, bro, I mean, if, if a G was on the helmet, none of us were saying shit, right? <laughs> Which is crazy to me because because that man at, on that sideline is one in four against that Nick Saban in Alabama since he's been the coach there. Like, it usually just takes a backup to beat, beat uh, Georgia after Alabama. So trot any of them out there and then just bring in somebody else in the second half and see what unfolds. I don't know. I mean, like, for me, this there's so much talent in the room but it's not Bryce, it's not Mac, it's not Tua, and it's not Jalen. And that's that's like I've said this with Clemson a whole bunch. Like you're gonna have some time at some point you're gonna have some sort of natural drop off in talent and production at that position. Just like you had a receiver, you don't have two first round guys. Like I mean that that that, that receiver room put in four first round picks that were all top fifteen overall in like a span of three years. Mm. I mean you don't have that right now. But what you do have is arguably the best offensive line in the SEC, if not the country. Um, you have a stable full of backs. It's going to be the deepest they've had in about a decade there. And you've got like two, three, four, five guys. You're going to probably play three of them. I, Buckner is not a part of this. Buckner is not going to be a part of this. But like you got two or three guys in there. I think Dylan Lonergan, the freshman, is probably going to challenge for reps more than, more than Buckner will. But they're all highly recruited. They're all former top 100 four-star elite 11 type quarterbacks, all of them, all of them. And one of them just so happens to be the best athlete on the field the moment he steps on the field. And that's Jalen Milrow. So he'll trot out there. I don't know what his numbers are going to be, but I'm so fucking fired up to see the whole thing because it's like, he's going to do something on Saturday. That's going to drop everyone's job. Guaranteed. He's going to do something, whether it's evade the rush and, and just take off on a 40 yard sprint where he's outrunning everyone, no matter what the angle is on the field. He might throw an interception. I don't know. But I know that no matter what happens, in a lot of the same ways that the Texas game was last year for Bama, my prediction would be this. I said this going to last year in Texas. Bama could blow out Texas, or they could barely beat them, or they could lose. And the only reaction you're going to get is going to be this very small, the ceiling is the floor type reaction. People are like, well, they should have beat Texas. They should have done this. Like, like it's, it is, is going to be the most, like, well, we are, Middle Tennessee sucks. Like, they should, this is – We've seen enough. Like we haven't seen enough of this kid. Blah, blah. Everything is being based off of the spring game. Mm. Like how insane is that to be like? Oh, you know what? We already know they're not going to challenge because that quarterback room isn't. Bro, they've won three national titles with first-year quarterbacks. That the quarterback room wasn't settled in 2016 either. The quarterback room wasn't settled necessarily in 2020 with Mac and Bryce. It's, they're going to be fine. I, I just, but I, I know that's going to be the most like confirmation bias overreaction possible from fans. And I, I mean, it, it is what it is. We'll find out week two. We'll find out week two. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. 
No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Now, Chris, the two headliners of the weekend, of course, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Mm -hmm. LSU and Florida State. We'll start with the Gamecocks and Tar Heels. Where do you lean in this matchup? It's fascinating. Spencer Rattler and Drake May. I think these two teams are actually eerily similar. Two Mm brand-new OCs, two questionable running games. I think South Carolina has more answers defensively than UNC because UNC was just flat-out abysmal a a season ago. You factor in Beamer ball as well, but – This should be, I think, one of the best games of the weekend. Neutral site in Charlotte. The spread, Mm -hmm. obviously, is floated around. UNC is the favorite at two and a half. I love the under, by the way, Chris, in this game. I I, I think that – I do. I love the under 64, man. I think with some of those moving pieces offensively, you mentioned a running clock. It just – it wouldn't surprise me if the game got off to somewhat of a slower start than folks were expecting. And I'm not saying it's going to be some defensive slugfest by any means, but you're giving me nine touchdowns total. I'll take my chances and roll with the under. Either way, though, Chris, you look at this game, it's a massive game for both sides, a tone Mm. setter for each of the two programs. Your thoughts on the Battle of the Carolinas on Saturday night? I love South Carolina here. I I do. And it it, it worries me how much I like them because (laughs) I – there are two and a half point underdogs, and that line hasn't moved. But I really do think it's a factor of one thing and one thing only, and that is the casual better across America sees a couple of things here. Drake May is going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. That that Carolina blue sure is pretty, and that Jordan Jordan logo is is also pretty on it. So it's like North Carolina is probably a bigger brand, even though they probably shouldn't be nationally than South Carolina. They had a, a, a better season a year ago. Um, they have a more high profile player. I was shocked when I learned this this morning that um, from a roster talent standpoint, UNC is ranked 17th uh, in the country. They're they're six spots ahead or five spots ahead of, of South Carolina. Um, listen, this is like, like, I, I don't believe when you look at the rosters that South Carolina has a, has a worse roster than, than North Carolina. And I understand what the numbers say and all that kind of stuff, but I, I don't believe it. And I, I hope Juice Wells is healthy. I hope Nick Harbor, I hope, I hope everyone on that offense is healthy and ready to go. If they can keep Spencer Rattler upright, but here's the thing, man, that defense for Carolina was fucking terrible. Like North Carolina, it was fucking terrible like just terrible so like my main question is can Spencer Rattler play it doesn't have to be the game he played against Tennessee but there's only two games in the regular season last year just two that Spencer Rattler left the game with more touchdowns and interceptions in in the game only two in the regular season that is not good you you like we're last in the league in turnovers for two years in a row and in, in Beamer's first two years. He mentioned that media days, you gotta you gotta kind of shore that kind of stuff up. A lot of people think fumbles are like you know, just like a, a factor of luck. So maybe maybe there's some room to improve there. Two years in a row, though, is not good. You you were 126 in the country last year um in, in total turnovers lost with like 27. Um not like I I assume you improve on that, but from year one to year two, you somehow got worse. I, I think that they are going to be better up front. 
I hope the D-line is, is as good as they were a year ago, hopefully better, even though they lost some key components off that. Um, but I just look at the South Carolina, and, and here's the thing, too. The question marks, after even after all I just said, the question marks are still way more plentiful for, for UNC. Like when you talk about a team, I, I look at what Spencer Rattler, I think he's capable of doing. I like what they have at receiver better than North Carolina. I like what they have like at the skill positions better than North Carolina. Not at quarterback, but who the hell is May going to throw to? Right? Like, I mean, like, I, I just, I, they lost their offensive coordinator a year ago. They got to replace him. Um, Phil Longo is now up in Wisconsin. That's a huge loss because he's been like he's been phenomenal everywhere he went, especially with quarterback development. I just think that when you look at South Carolina, and I know they have a new coordinator as well coming in, you're better at the skill position. I think you're going to be better, or at least like you're not going to be as bad as UNC was on defense. I I mean, so you check two boxes there. Where where does UNC do better than South Carolina besides a cooler uniform? And that's maybe up for debate. I don't know, like. I mean, like, and here's the other thing too: special teams. I know you guys love talking about it because of beer ball and all that kind of shit, but that's a huge deal. I mean, I I don't want to get crazy here because I have I have South Carolina picked to not only win the game, I think they win by ten points. Like, I I don't think I think UNC is a facade of a of a contender contender in the ACC because it's one player, and I don't think he has enough around him to make a big enough deal. And then and then every layer you look at it, it's like. Right. Well, maybe he'll get coached up from Longo, like he did the first season or, or like last season. Longo's gone. Like I, I just, I mean, I like South Carolina. I like South Carolina. I don't want to say emphatically, but I also kind of want to say emphatically. And Chris, to echo your point, I'll say this. You know, I, I'll drop my official game prediction on Fridays every single week of the college football mm-hmm. season. So I, I'm going to wait till Friday to lock in a prediction. But I'll just say this. The spread when it opened up as UNC is the favorite surprised me. The fact UNC has been the favorite the entire offseason ha- has also surprised me. Yeah. It just, it's, it's been a, it's almost like you said, a weird, a weird spread because they don't mm-hmm. build those mansions out in Vegas off of, off of winner's money. So it, I just, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's surprising to say the least. We moved to LSU, Florida State again. That's the headliner, Chris, on Sunday night. Um, Two great programs, two great teams, at least in the preseason rankings. Mm-hmm. Florida State's so interesting to me because, you know, folks will, will look at them and say they're a college ball playoff contender or the most overrated team in college football. Meanwhile, yeah. you've got LSU looking to go back to back in the SEC West. And, you know, this is a game that LSU, they could lose and still achieve their goals. But I've talked with LSU folks, and they've labeled this the most important game of the season for them, <laughs> especially getting revenge for last year. Your, your thoughts on this game, again, from the college football fan perspective, yeah. I mean, this is going to be a great matchup, a lot of fun to watch, two great quarterbacks as well. Um, you know, thoughts, which way do you lean in this one? Who do you favor in LSU, FSU? Well, one, I want to know the names and, and addresses of every single person that said this is the biggest game on their schedule because they're lying through their teeth. Um, <laughs> that being said, uh, I, I like Florida State. I think Florida State's real. Here, here's the thing. I, like, I've said this all off season. And LSU, I could be totally wrong. I could be totally wrong about LSU. I think they're going to be really good. I think they're going to do a great job in terms of like improving at every single like they they might have gotten better at a bunch of key positions. I know they got better at offensive line. They gave up forty five sacks a year ago, right? It was it was like second worst I think in the country. It was definitely worse uh, or second worst in the conference. I mean, um, and worst they've had in quite some time. Jaden Daniels is he going to put up a twenty eight touchdown three interception season again like a year ago? I don't think so, but maybe he will. You've got talent everywhere on offense, at least. Mason Smith might be a big deal that he's gone. 
Who knows? Like, who knows? But Florida State dominated this game a year ago. And I mean dominated this game. Like, 74% of, of LSU's total yards came in their last three drives. Like, this was like – I heard it all last season. The LSU fans immediately, as soon as they started getting a couple wins under the belt, it was, we should have beaten Florida State. No, you shouldn't have. Florida State fumbled on the one-yard line to go up by two scores with a minute and a half to go. Now, credit LSU for being able to stay with it and, and keep coming back and, like, not giving up. And they, they did a great job of late in that game being able to put up some points. But you got dominated all like throughout that entire game. Maybe there's a massive revenge factor. But the thing about week one games is that you have no room to overlook them. Hmm. And this game – matters way more to the resume of Florida State than it does to LSU. Because I, I can guarantee you what Florida State doesn't have in their back pocket is the ability to go through an SEC schedule and go rip off 10-11 wins and then still potentially get into the cultural playoff. If, if Florida State loses this game, they could still be in it. But you got to have a lot of other stuff happen like the rest of the year, not only from you but also from other teams for you to get into the playoff, in my opinion. Like you got to hope that the the Big East, the Big Ten East, just you know cannibalize itself, and the Pac-12 is the same thing, and the Big Twelve, probably most likely, right? Um, that being said, man, I, I love Florida State. They they return not only all five offensive linemen, they return a they return from the experience in the offensive line a, a combined two hundred and five starts, which is unheard of. Um, at the skill position, fantastic running back. I love Johnny Wilson. He's an absolute mismatch at six seven. Um, some of these other guys like Keon Coleman, you get in the portal, uh, Jaheim Bell, obviously guy you guys are familiar with. I mean, they've got talent everywhere on that offense. They return 17 starters. Um, I, I just like Florida state and I'm fully ready to be absolutely wrong about LSU, but I, I do think that Florida state, this game matters and means way more to them in the long run. And not saying that, that means that that's, what's going to be the deciding factor, but there's nowhere to overlook anyone in, in this game. Like you don't, you don't have conference play coming up next week for i don't believe for florida, for florida state like this is the one you've had circled all offseason you're on sunday night by yourself let's fucking go man i i'm I, there's not a game that i have looked forward to more this offseason and wanted to predict less than this game and i i'm just I, i'm so fucking pumped this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, it's going to be a classic, Chris, for sure. The rest of the SEC slate looks like this. Oh, Mizzou, God. South Dakota, yeah, exactly. Tennessee, Virginia, Kentucky, Ball State, Arkansas, Western Carolina, Ole Miss, Mercer, Auburn, UMass, Mississippi State and Southeast Louisiana, Georgia, UT Martin, Texas A&M, New Mexico, uh, Vandy and Alabama A&M. Do any of those games do anything for you? What are you looking for most? What are you most excited to see outside of the obvious uh, headliners in the SEC, if you will? There's, there's a million ways I'm going to bet Tennessee – <laughs> it's just, I mean, I haven't seen the props come out yet, like on, on DraftKings or, or um, whichever book I was looking at earlier. Uh, they might be out now, like for player props. I, I just feel like there's a couple of games here that are just locks in terms of like betting and then player props because there's a couple of teams, and I'll say Tennessee and Kentucky, 
that need to get off to a good start and, and need to keep that moment. Like Tennessee, you've heard all offseason, they're just going to pick up where they left off despite all the things they lost. Joe Milton, all the pub he's gotten. Like, I, I don't, Virginia sucks. Virginia's awful. Awful. Um, if you want like an absolute lock of, of the week already, Tennessee minus 16 and a half in the first half and Tennessee and, and Virginia over 12 and a half in the first quarter, locks. Tennessee, Tennessee led the country in first half scoring offense a year ago. Uh, Virginia was ranked 129. So lock that in right away. Um, I think that Joe Milton comes out and puts up at least four touchdown passes. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what his props are yet. I haven't been able to find them. But I think this is a game where Josh Hype wants to come out and say, all the hype is real. Like, this is how good the offense can still look. Here's how explosive we can be. We're even better at receiver because of the guys who've come in. Oh, by the way, here's what Nico is going to look like. They're going to put up a lot of points on a really bad Virginia team that's battling through a lot of stuff that no other team in the country is really having to go through after what happened to them last year. Um, the other one is Kentucky. Liam Cohen coming back, getting Devin Leary at um, at quarterback. You brought this up at Media Days, and it's, I'm, I've been just rattling it off nonstop, is that they had their top five pass catchers back. I think it's going to be a massive want from from Stoops to come out and show the country, like, hey, or at least the SEC, like, we're back to what we were in 2021. We're back to where we had those two, two 10-win seasons in four years. Like, this is what this, this program is supposed to be. We're able to run the football. We're not going to have stupid turnovers. Like, this is who we are. And you get ball state. I and mean, that, that schedule is very easy. Mm. It's very easy. Um, so I think those are two teams I'm interested to see. And the other one's Auburn. Um, I got UMass plus 35, Marlon. <laughs> Why are you touching that game? It's like... I, I was shocked. 35 the lot Auburn. in a season opener for a new head coach. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not I'm not touching that. Auburn, Auburn <laughs> getting covering 21 and a half in the first half is shocking to me. And and, and like anybody that has ever listened to my podcast or, or like just see me like go through my my picks and stuff like that knows that I'm a massive, massive first half and first quarter better because there's so much money to be made there. Mm. And the trends and stuff like that, and you don't have to deal with like Oh, this player was out late, and you know, like, like in the game, they pulled him out, and you know, they were up by this many points. Blah blah. blah. It's a backdoor cover. Um, I'm staying away from that, but I am interested to see what Peyton Thorne looks like. Voted a team captain, which is a big deal, uh, especially the, him being so. Um, I mean, it's interesting that he was voted a team captain, and Robbie Ashford's been there, you know, throughout all the stuff they went through last year. Um, but I'm interested to see what that looks like. See what they have in the skill position. See if that offensive line's better. Mississippi State is this? It's like I'm. We're gonna sad cheer for them. I think all of us. Like it's. I, I hate to say it like that. And the last one is 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 A and M. Man, I don't know who they play. The only thing I'm looking for in A and M, the only thing. Does Jimbo Fisher come out of the tunnel with that fucking cheesecake factory menu play play sheet? It's like 17 pages long. Or does he just come out with empty hands and let Bobby Petrino do his job? That is an actual thing I'm going to look for. This weekend, for sure. It is New Mexico that Texas A&M will take on in College Station. The Mighty Lobos, a 7 o'clock kick. That game is actually on ESPN, so we can all watch How? I don't know. What channel <laughs> are you on? I don't know. We are uh, – South Carolina is on ABC. Okay. So, all right. Yeah, ABC, right. yeah. And, of course, Bama and Middle Tennessee State, the SEC Network game. So, we'll have a ton of good games yeah. on that night, for sure. Uh, Chris, the best of the rest in college football in week one. What jumps out to you? Of course, TCU, Colorado, Ugh. Clemson, Duke on Monday night. Um, West Virginia, Pitt, or excuse me, West Virginia, Penn State, I think could be a really interesting game. What do you most like? What are you most excited to see that's not an SEC game? Um, 
I want to see what Ohio State's quarterback situation looks like for sure. Uh, I think that'll be kind of interesting. Duke and Clemson will be interesting because Riley Leonard's a good quarterback, and they've, they've got a couple of dudes on there. they got a, they got an offensive tackle that's going to protect his blind side that will probably be a first-round pick. Um, it's a nine-win team from a year ago. I don't think they beat Clemson. It'll be interesting to see what, what that offense looks like, though, with, with Garrett Riley. Um, TCU, Colorado, I just, like, I, I fucking hope TCU puts up 100 on Colorado. I, I am, like, I think at some point we'll all probably, like, I didn't think I was going to hate Colorado this much. I really didn't. And, and I feel like I, I hate him more, not because of Dion or anything there. It's probably just because of RJ Young and my dislike for him. And he just hasn't shut up about it all offseason. But like, what does Colorado look like? What does the roster look like? Is it as bad as some people think it's going to be? Um, and then what overreactions we're going to have from them? Because if they keep it close against a team that lost everyone, it seems like, TCU, there are some people that are going to make a really big deal out of that. And I don't know if it's going to matter, but I'm just ready for them to play a fucking game and not have to hear Dion say some other outlandish shit in a, in a press conference and just get to the actual games. Um, other than that, man, I can't really think of, of much like outside of the, the footprint of the conference, but that that's the, the Penn state thing I think is interesting because I want to see what Drew Alar looks like. I think West Virginia is garbage, but I think that Drew Alar um, is going to be really interesting because like, how do they use him? at QB. It's a former five-star with a ton of talent, but he's also got a backfield that's incredible. It might be like the best running back tandem in the country. Um, so how do they use that as well? But yeah, there's there's some good games. I'm glad we get five straight days of it for sure. Um, that's another one too, man. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what UCF looks like tomorrow night. Um, and and low-key, Washington versus Boise State is another one that I think could be kind of interesting just because of like the, the roots there with the, the QB leaving to go to Washington from Boise. Um, what does Michael Phoenix look like? I, I am excited as, as like hell for the entire season of people trying to pronounce his name and just waiting for the first slip up because it's going to happen and I can't <laughs> wait. I just hope it's not me. Two games you didn't mention I'll add, Chris. I'm excited for Georgia Tech, Louisville on Friday night. Just intrigued to watch a little ACC action conference. I didn't action. want to say that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm there. I'm that desperate for college football. It's in Atlanta. Uh, it is in Atlanta, yes. And then Saturday night late. UCLA and Coastal Carolina. Grayson yeah. Ball goes out to the West Coast. So that little 1030 action. I, I know. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually very pumped for that as well. But the good news is this, Chris. We made it. This time next week, we'll have actual games to react to, to talk yeah. about, to then look forward to. In week two, congratulations, my friend. Excited to be here with you. Yeah, man. You taking the time as always. It's always a pleasure to talk college football with you. Yeah, buddy. If you think I'm unhinged this week about Bama, just fucking wait until next week when I'm like on the eve of going to Tuscaloosa for the Texas game. So, yeah, man. Always a pleasure. Keep up the great work. I'll see you next week. Chris, you're the man. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Sounds good, brother.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.